You like rocking. We like talking. Better because it works two ways. It's the classic guitar rock podcast. I say unto you. Welcome! It's the classic Guitar Rock Podcast. All right! Which one of you cutthroats done shot the boss in the gizzard? And I tell you, I got a dumb dog, too, my dog. We call him Egypt. Every room he leaves a pyramid. Now, kiss my grand! All right, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? You've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Now, were you or were you not on the night of June the 13th in Mrs. Throttlebottom's chicken coop? Certainly not. I was in a house. What house? The dog house. Atomic <laughs> batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You're ready to move out. Before we start, I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast... From border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between, the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now, your host, Jeremy Lunnan. Yeah, we don't know anything about that fellow there. Who is he? Where's he coming from? It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Hello, and welcome back, finally, to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. Thanks so much for joining me. I am by myself today. Guys, we are scheduled to have our next episode about Dark Side of the Moon to come out soon. But I, I just, I had to get back with you guys. I, I miss talking to you guys, and it's been a month since our last episode. So this is not the episode on Dark Side of the Moon. That is coming up. But I wanted to touch base with you real quick, let you know we haven't forgotten about you. It has been an eventful past several weeks. So uh, first of all, John, my partner John's father, passed away. Uh, so our condolences to John and his family and our prayers are, are with him. Also, John's family and my family have both had COVID over the last month. So it's just been a rough past few weeks, but I just missed the podcast and wanted to come on just to talk to you guys and, and just update you on some uh, some things. And and what really made me want to do this, I was trying to wait till John and I could get together and we could do the Dark Side podcast. We're probably going to record that next week, so you'll see that coming up here before too long. But I received word this morning, as probably most of you have also, about the passing of Meatloaf. And Meatloaf has some iconic albums, an iconic album, really. The Bad Out of Hell album is a is a tremendous album. But he's also ubiquitous. He's just been such a part of our culture over the last few decades, primarily as an actor on TV shows and in movies. And I didn't really realize until I have been reading some of the articles about about him today. And sadly, this is often the case. It's not until we lose someone that we really start to appreciate them. 
I had forgotten how many great roles the guy has played in, in various movies, usually kind of smaller supporting parts or bit parts, but, but he's just an interesting figure and a great talent and he will be missed. And every interview I've ever seen with the guy, he's, he's one of these guys that just comes across as very down to earth and very likable. And one thing I want to, to point out to you, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, that Meatloaf was actually part of Ted Nugent's group for a while, and he's on the Free For All album. And I've been listening, put on my vinyl this morning, uh, listening to the Free For All album to hear Meatloaf's work on that album. And, and it sounds really good. So I would point you in that direction if you're a fan of his music. Obviously, check out his albums, but he did great work with Ted Nugent, too. So check that out. Meatloaf will be missed, and he left, he left us with an interesting legacy in both music and what he's done on film. So rest in peace, Meat. Also, again, I'm just going to hit you with things I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully you're okay with that. Another thing I wanted to talk about was Judas Priest. I've been talking about Judas Priest and about KK. And why do I keep talking about that? Well, doggone it, because I like Judas Priest and I like KK Downing and my last conversation was kind of, I don't want to say anti-KK, not anti at all, but but I, I was frustrated that he keeps whining about things happening in Priest when he quit. You know, once you leave a band, you really you really can't complain about the band and, and what they're doing. Having said that, Priest made the headlines last week when they announced that they would be touring as a four-piece that Andy Sneap would not be touring with the group. Now, for those of you not familiar, let's just go back. Way back in 2012, K.K. Downing left Judas Priest. And, you know, he's since published a book and he's talked about some of the things going on and, and he felt like he was kind of forced to quit. You know, he didn't want to quit, but the way things were happening in the band, he just couldn't go on any further and he announced his retirement. And of course, much of this didn't come out until... Long after he had left, people didn't realize that there was some baggage with that decision. So he was replaced by Richie Faulkner, great guitar player, by the way, also a lot younger, a guy who's in, what, maybe 40 years old, who, by the way, recently had a heart attack on stage. I don't know if you heard about that. He's recovered and, and seems like things will be fine. Well, here what has it been two almost three years ago glenn tipton announced he would not be touring with the band uh full time due to his uh parkinson's disease he still on occasion will come out and play a song or two with the band but you can tell in the video that he is not he's in decline obviously physically and is not able to tour i guess he still has some interaction in terms of the albums they will be making and that sort of thing so then the announcement was made following Glenn's announcement of his taking a smaller role in the band because of his health, that he would be replaced by Andy Sneap, who has been the band's producer for the last few albums. So that was one of the things that KK was upset about that, hey, why guys, why didn't you call me back in? You know, if you're if you're losing a legacy member like Glenn, I could easily have come back in and replaced. And he, they didn't even talk to him about it. And so 
he was kind of scratching his head and to be honest had his feelings hurt about that and so then of course last week they make the announcement that andy sneep will not be touring and that they'll be doing it as a four piece so think about the optics here right think about the optics here Here's uh, Richie Faulkner, who's been in the group now since KK left. So he's been in there a while. And a great guy, by the way. He just had a heart attack in the fall. And so now you guys are touring with one guitar player. And and there was, I don't know if backlash is the right word. A lot of folks were shocked that they would make the decision to tour with one guitar player. And why? Well, because that would be like Iron Maiden or the Eagles or... You know, any of any of the famous two guitar bands touring with only one guitar player, that just seems kind of silly. And in less than a week after this announcement that they would be touring as a four piece, they reversed course and said, oh, no, no. OK, we, we, we will we'll take Andy with us on tour. But what was awkward about this whole thing is apparently I don't know if they hadn't told Andy or whatever, but Andy responded in social media after the announcement that they were touring as a four piece that he was very disappointed and he you know he he understands they want to go this route but he so it, it it sounded like it wasn't something he was on board with i don't know if he didn't know about it until the press release at this point that's neither here nor there they reversed their decision and they will be touring uh this is all part of their big 50 year anniversary by the way, which has already been put on hold because of COVID. But now it looks like Andy Sneap will be there. And uh, so there will be the twin guitar assault of the priest on the live stage. Now, as a fan, I would love to see KK there. I really would. I mean, it would be awesome if they could bury the hatchet long enough to, to do a tour with KK. I think KK and Richie would be great together, right? Two two blonde guys with flying Vs. What's not to like about that? Maybe they could get Shanker to join them too. That would be awesome. But anyways, I, I just bring this up because I am a priest fan. I have been I have been following the priest drama. Uh and so this is just kind of the the latest update. Now just a few other things. Again, this is Jeremy's stream of consciousness. <laughs> uh, things I've wanted to talk to you about over the last few weeks that we haven't been getting together. Let's talk about Journey. By the way, and I and I don't say this to brag. No, actually, I totally say this to brag. If you are not a Twitter, a Twitter, if you are not a Twitter follower of us yet, please check us out on Twitter and follow. I am pleased to announce that Neil Sean is actually a follower of the classic guitar rock on Twitter. That made me so excited. And that happened a couple months ago, but I thought, Hey, that's really cool. Neil Sean is following us on Twitter. So I'm just going to say this out loud. I don't know if he actually listens, but he's following us on Twitter. I would love to have Neil as a guest. And so I'm working toward, there's a few people I'm, I'm working on getting on the podcast, by the way. I, I might as well just talk about it here, right? <laughs> Let them know. Also, by golly, this week, Stephen Piercy of one of my favorite bands from the 80s, Stephen Piercy of Rat, 
is following us on Twitter. So thank you for the follow. If you guys know any famous people, <laughs> send them our way so they can follow us on Twitter. Um, and of course, then I'll start hounding them to see if I can uh, can interview them. But what I was uh, going to say when I when I distracted myself talking about Neil Sean is journey. Okay. I've always been a Journey fan. Who doesn't like? Let's guys, let's be honest. Even if you're a major metalhead, we all love the Journey Escape album. I mean, I don't know a single person that does not love Don't Stop Believing or Stone in Love. Just a great album. Frontiers, a great album. The Steve Perry era of Journey is just phenomenal stuff. Ain't going to argue with that. Love it, love it, love it. But I got to say and as a classic rock fan, I should be ashamed of myself for saying this. Or, or a classic rock fan who who thinks he's a, a well-informed classic rock fan. I have never gone back and listened to the pre-Steve Perry journey. Okay? There were like four albums before Steve Perry showed up. I, over the last few days, have been going back and listening to those early progressive rock journey albums you know this this is when you've got you know the original band was neil sean greg raleigh ross valerie and ainsley dunbar on drums and guys where have these albums been all my these albums are awesome they are awesome and i think because of the success of the perry era they get over overlooked. It's almost like two different bands. They're really good. So if you, and you know what, you, you could be a person that maybe isn't a huge fan of the Steve Perry journey. You may go back and listen to these first four albums and really dig it. Uh, because like I said, it's like two different bands. It's, it's more progressive, uh, just great instrumentation, great playing from everyone on these albums and the first one especially that was the one I was listening to last night the first one has a very live sound i mean the drums it's a great sound the the drums sound very like you're in the room with them. i mean it's just a, a very the way it's produced it's a very live sounding vibe and so i just want to officially extend an invitation if all you're familiar with is the Steve Perry era journey which is you know, the whole world is familiar with that stuff. Go back and listen to the original Journey albums. There's some great stuff, especially if you're a guitar nerd that you would really enjoy. So go back and check that out. Okay, a few other things that I want to share with you while we're getting together today, and we'll do that here in just a minute. So stay put, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All the classic rock you can stomach. 
It's the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Jeremy with you today. Kind of just a stream of conscious uh, episode as we are preparing to do our much-promoted Pink Floyd episode. Hopefully, we'll get that uh, put together next week for you. But I wanted to talk with you because it's been so long since we've gotten together. A couple other things I wanted to mention. I don't know how I missed this. I have mentioned Frontier Records to you before. Frontier Records is a label based out of, is it Spain or Italy? It's Spain or Italy. And they are a, I don't mean this to sound negative uh, when I say this. They are they are a, a manufacturing facility <laughs> of classic rock style albums. And they will put together groups to put out albums. Now, what's interesting about their model is, on the one hand, it's awesome, right? Because there's a lot of good music that gets pumped out. But here's the downside. These great albums are produced, but no one knows about them. So there's not there's not touring, there's not promotion. I've mentioned a lot of the the Frontiers bands that I've really enjoyed, like like Revolution Saints. Okay. They've got a couple albums. Revolution Saints is Doug Aldrich, it's Jack Blades, it's uh Dean Castronovo, speaking of Journey, a guy who was formerly in Journey. And they put a couple albums out that are just phenomenal. Excellent albums. The problem is no one hears them. No one hears them. And so there, there's really, there's not tours to support them. So unless you happen to be checking out Frontier's website or their YouTube channel, you'll have no idea when these albums drop. And some of these are phenomenal albums. Black Swan is a project that has been out in recent years. Tokyo Motor Fist, I've mentioned. So there's tons of these great albums that are being put out by Frontiers that most of the world doesn't know about. I'm a guy who pays attention to this stuff, and this completely flew under my radar. I saw a a link on Facebook. It was a cover song. You know how during the lockdown, all of these musicians have been getting together and doing these cover versions. So there was a cover version featuring Mike Portnoy, Joel Hoekstra, and this singer named Dino Jelusic. Jelusic. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. They did a cover of long, of uh, Four Play Long Time by Boston. And guys, it just rocks. If you find that on YouTube, on YouTube or Facebook, check it out. But as I, as I got to digging in, I was very impressed by Dino the singer. And then I find out he had done an album a couple years ago with George Lynch. And this, this band, again, this is one of these frontier projects. This band is called Dirty Shirley. And I don't know how I missed this. And so for the last couple days, I've been listening to this Dirty Shirley album. And guys, it is unbelievable. So good. It's two years old. Never knew a thing about it. Go check it out. Dirty Shirley. Of course, you got George Lynch. He's one of my faves. He's awesome. And this Dino kid is an unbelievable singer. So check out Dirty Shirley. 
I don't mean to be critical of Frontier. Frontier's doing some great stuff, putting out some great stuff, but the shame is no one is hearing this. No one is hearing this stuff. So if you haven't already checked out Frontier's YouTube channel, follow them, check out a lot of their new artists are, are great. And they just are always cranking out these classic rock albums, melodic rock. Uh, you'll check it out. Dirty Shirley is awesome. Okay. One other thing. Uh, one other update. I ordered, I got a, a, a gift card for Barnes and Noble from my wife. One of the things I got for Christmas. And I, I ordered the book Rock the Nation, which is the uh, story of Ronnie Montrose written by Martin Popoff. Now, Martin Popoff, if you're not aware, the guy is everywhere. Okay, the guy is everywhere. I'm going to try and get him on this podcast too because he's been on everyone else's, right? But the guy is a, a, a encyclopedic knowledge about all things hard rock and heavy metal. If you watch YouTube videos or if you're interested in music reviews or, or anything of that nature, you have come across Martin Popoff. He's an author. He's, he's from Canada. He's written for all kinds of folks. Great writer. Uh, and so he has written this book about Ronnie Montrose. And what's cool is it, it's like I, I, he and I are in, on the exact same page about Ronnie Montrose in terms of his musical output. Uh, Martin, like myself, is a huge fan. In fact, his favorite Montrose music is with the group Gamma. I've mentioned Gamma a couple times. Everyone talks about that debut Montrose album with Sammy, which is a phenomenal album. I love it. One of the greatest debut albums of all time. But my personal favorite period of Montrose career are the the three Gamma albums, Gamma 1, 2, and 3, especially 1 and 2. Those albums just smoke. 3 is okay. 1 and 2 are phenomenal albums. There later was a Gamma 4, like 20 years later. It's not as good. But... Guys, Gamma 1, 2, and 3, uh, you must own, must have albums. You got to track those down, find those. You can stream them. You can listen to them on Spotify. But what I appreciate about this book from Martin Popoff is he delves into the Gamma stuff. And I'm only about a third of the way through. So I, you know, all I can say is I am loving the book. Uh, my next purchase will be the UFO book he's done. And he's done books, several books on Rush. He's done a book, couple books about UFO, uh, ACDC, Judas Priest. If you enjoy rock history, you know, the, the documentary style, you would love any of the Martin Popoff books. You've, I'm sure you've read articles by him and reviews by him. Anyways, you just might not be aware of it. But that's what I'm working on right now, getting through that Martin Popoff book, Rock the Nation, about uh, Ronnie Montrose. And when I'm done, I'll, I'll uh, talk about that in an episode coming up. So check out Martin Popoff. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, I believe he's got a website. He's all over YouTube. Just type in Martin Popoff and you'll find him. But he's just a, a, a wealth of knowledge about anything hard rock and heavy metal and classic rock related. Okay, lastly, guys, I just want to say thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your support. Slowly but surely, our, our downloads are increasing. We're getting more notice, more people listening. 
If you are able to support us on Patreon, by all means, please do so. If you can, that's wonderful. If you can't, that's wonderful. Just keep listening. Thank you for all your support. My big regret with this podcast is that I didn't start it three or four years earlier when I first thought about it, right? Uh, I've got my dumb little YouTube channel, which is terribly low budget and... (laughs) People keep telling me, you really should uh, make your YouTube channel better. Well, I do that for fun, guys. Thank you if you subscribe on the YouTube channel. And and I will continue to post crappy videos from time to time. Thank you for watching and supporting there. But thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, and this means so much, you don't understand how much this means to the algorithm and how it helps a podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, follow, share it with your friends, and please leave a review. If you can go to Apple Podcasts, if you listen on Apple or wherever you listen, if you're able to leave a review, please leave a review. That is so helpful to the promotion of a podcast. Thank you so much. And guys, I look forward to our next episode when we will actually talk about Dark Side of the Moon. Thanks so much for your support. Thanks for your emails. Check out our website, ClassicGuitarRock.com. And as always, you can email us at ClassicGuitarRock at Mail.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We're not ordinary people. We're morons. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. <laughs>